Welcome to Mama's Baked. We're Laura and Bridget, and we're your favorite cannabis advocates. We've been there, done that, and everybody asks us about it, so we decided to start Mama's Baked, and here we are talking about everything cannabis. The latest news, lifestyle, and wellness information with lots of fun baked in. Every Thursday, join us as we break down what's happening now and how you can infuse cannabis into your life, too. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes, share us with your friends, and get our free tincture making course at potofwellness.com. Another day, another podcast. After the big 420 weekend, and look at us, no hangover. Yes. Woo, woo. Welcome, everybody, to Mama's Bake. It's Laura and Bridget coming on right after 420 happened. Although, honestly, when they hear this, it's going to be another week or so, but that's all right. Right, just so they know that our holidays have no hangover. No hangover, that's true story. Although, I will say that... um, I consumed a whole lot. Did you (laughs) You get a little extra holiday? I mean, I so much, so much. And you know what? I don't feel any negative side effects except a slight amount of, um, there might be a little bit of brain fog there, I guess. Maybe a little brain fog still today. (laughs) Working its way out. Yeah. (laughs) Working its way out. But I mean, you know, I probably smoked like a half ounce of marijuana. Holy (laughs) Yeah. Somebody else posted names. That they edible, I think it was 240 milligrams edible. Wow. And I was like, dude, that is like Um, crazy numbers. Yeah. You know, I'm fairly high tolerance. You know, I I used to be an edible chef and would taste test all day long and was fine, was, you know, not impaired in any way. However, if I'm going to go to like a concert, I will consume about a 50 milligram for me, about a 50 milligram edible. And I am ready to rock and roll. It's not too much, but it crosses that blood brain barrier. It's a little whoopy, but that's only a minute. And then I'm rock and roll ready to go. Oh yeah. I mean, that's, that was kind of my uh, strategy this weekend. I went to a few um, parties this weekend to celebrate. the holiday. Yeah. Lots of events. Yeah, lots of events. I had a little um uh my my always my go-to Durban poison tincture. There you go. It gives me great energy and helps me. I feel very like um it's just very like happy and yay, let's have fun. That's very much how it hits me. So I like that a lot. I always called it happy busy. That yep, vacation. happy busy. And uh, that was perfect for parties, right? Because otherwise, I'm literally just like old lady tired. <laughs> oh, me too. And an- not necessarily social or antisocial, but... Mm, more antisocial leaning- I am, typically. <laughs> yeah, leaning definitely more towards that. Sure. Antisocial uh, slash, you know, introvert. So um, the, the little Durban poison tincture I use helped uh, overcome that part. But for sure, both of the events I went to, as is everything right now, it's all dab centric, right? It's all about yeah. dabs. There's a lot of reasons for that, but 
Yeah, I just yeah. can't really participate in that. Like, I'm just not there. You know, that's not. Yeah. I don't want to just go dab all night with like 400 other lips on some device, you know, like, eh. And they're like, oh, you just have to get one of these little special things that means, you know, carry it around with you. around on your neck and then you don't have to share with other people. I'm like, yeah, I think I'm just going to roll a joint here and smoke it with my husband. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm still a joint power all weekend for me and my husband. I was like, let's do this. Boo. We're having some fun time. Let me roll up another one. I was like, oh, we just finished one. Should we roll another one? I definitely wasted weed this weekend because, you know, as some. Yeah. It's just there's not any higher I can get. It's just I'm just smoking a joint now for just to be part of the park. Just social, yeah. And with and with dab bars, the the people that are usually dispensing the dabs are not familiar enough with the background of the product that you're dabbing. Oh yeah, you don't know if it's BHO crap or unpurged or, you know, I'm I'm just betting that they're not dumping the best of the best on those kinds of events at their dab bars. I mean, I would bet that they're not dumping the best of the best in dab concentrates from the jump you know i mean I don't if you're careful you can find best them. flower is it you can find you can find good concentrates and there are reputable manufacturers who because they appreciate a good dab are very good about purging any of the and preferably co2 residues bho whatever they're using we were just having this conversation earlier today uh, it's kind of like the topic of conscious capitalism there's definitely yes, some companies exactly. out there that <clears throat> care a lot about their patients and the actual health repercussions of the medicine they're really producing which a lot of times in its concentrated form is really what it's most valuable for, right? It's for the patients who really need it for pain relief or otherwise. And right. So, and that's what I need it yeah. for is when I, you know, I'm a regular flower consumer and it keeps most all my symptoms at bay. But when I have a flare up, since I'm already a cannabis regular consumer, right. my regular consumption won't impact a flare up. And usually that's when I go to mostly RSOs. Right. But for immediate relief, a dab is definitely something that I can add to the top. I actually prefer to just add it to my flower. Right. Because I'm not a straight dab girl. However, I will say for traveling, of course, within legal state limits. Also, for I these, do enjoy uh, hotels. For these uh, allotment that they, that they wrote into the law. I, I think there might be something extra behind that. But, you know, they only allow patients to have a total of two and a half. 2.5 ounces every two weeks, although it's a rolling calendar. So the funny thing is like, yeah, you know, if you buy an ounce every week, you're fine. You could buy four ounces a month <laughs> exactly. or, five or whatever else, uh, you know, you know, even more than that, as long as you don't uh, buy two and a half in the same two week period. Um, they underestimated the cleverness of the cannabis consumer. They really did because, you know, one gram of uh, concentrate is certainly uh, much more powerful than one gram of flour. Let's just put it like that. Correct. Uh, but consciously a longer life, though, uh, this kind of came up. Events that I was at this weekend kind of uh, prompted this. I went to two different events. One was put on uh, by 
let's see. I know Sunday Goods was a big sponsor of it. Timeless uh, Refinery was a big sponsor of it as well. So this is one. All I remember seeing was Super Troopers, Super Troopers. Super Troopers party. Yeah, Super Troopers party. So it was really great. You know, it was really nice. Uh, And honestly, I ended up, it was a free event. So I think that a lot of people would say that means it was more patient friendly. Um, That was the event that I had to hope to go to. And I had tickets to the color touring um, Broadway version of Color Purple that I had already planned so i did miss that one with you yeah well i would anyway say yeah. that you did not choose wrong between uh, the two. Gotcha. Gotcha, i mean gotcha. i'm just saying because you know it's a, tour, I'm it's a broadway show i mean you know i mean you can go to a party at the venue anytime you know exactly. it was cool because it, it is really awesome to be able to be at events and see people and see your friends and be in a social environment and be able to use cannabis that's awesome. That's the big thing. That's exactly. the big thing, right? Because we just haven't been ever ever able to do. And it's so funny because they didn't even have alcohol at the event at all. And nobody was complaining. And it wasn't a tiny little event. And, you know, this kind of thing. Like, it was still a great event. People drank water. They had sodas. They had juices. Blah, 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 right? I'm not right. saying alcohol shouldn't be involved in events where cannabis is. I feel like it would be great if as responsible adults... We were free to choose, you know, those type of things, uh, wherever we might be. However, um, you know, that gets into a whole nother conversation, which is like this whole patient versus uh, corporation or industry, right? And the idea that like these dispensaries, so for example, people might try to put out that, that like the Friday night event, it was a free event. It was sponsored by some dispensaries and dispensary licenses, and they uh, gave away a lot of free medicine, both in flower and in concentrate form. The event, the second night was put on, and and also they brought in a a lot of other partners for the first event. So several dispensaries and companies and concentrate companies, et cetera, came in Mm -hmm. and, you know, opened up dab bars you know again not my f- cup of tea but it is what it is you know yeah people like we'll that. teach they them that. they'll learn that there are a women clientele that they have to start paying some attention yeah to. you know that's the funny thing it's like they just put a bunch of dab bars in but like there's a million other things that people enjoy so dude centric too right like you know like we like other things massage. besides cannabis like yeah or even yeah exactly like even just branch out of just dab world right cannabis massage cannabis facials. what if you set yeah. up a cool like quick five minute facial station with some company or i don't know what but anyways right um there's some creativity for sure lacking still but we're just at the beginning of the industry it shows how much room there is and the truth is, yeah. there is a lot of other events happening that are uh, taking those things into consideration. I know there's a group called Canacula with this, oh, beautiful person, Jennifer Miles. She's such oh, a sweetheart. beautiful woman. Love yep. her. Sweet soul. Um, yeah, so absolutely. such a sweet soul, yeah. So she does like a Canacula, and there's a Medicated Mavens group. I know the original person who started that, she has since moved away, but I think they still do some uh, events and it's a yoga medicated yoga type of thing and um 
Dom I, Life. I haven't seen yet. Dom Life. They actually have set up a lounge that has a salon. So you can go get your hair done, nails done, you know, all that good Maybe. stuff. Go out on the patio, smoke a joint while your hair is processing its color, which is great because where can you do that, right? Uh, you know, that's you a, have your yeah, that's the more female centric. They did yeah. have a female centric party that day too, which Absolutely. is a shout out to them for 420. They also have a nice little area set up, kind of like a co-working type of space. I mean, it's not set up with conference rooms and such, but I actually went down and just spent a couple hours there working on my business. You know, got to log into their little Wi-Fi and you know, just it was just a very pleasant environment, and I could easily pop out the patio, smoke. A little bit or even I was able to enjoy my vape inside which is nice what I'm thinking is people like me so I come down for events you know once a month once every couple months and a lot of times spend the night and I bring my vape and my concentrate because I can't obviously smoke a joint in my hotel room right however wouldn't it be nice on those weekends when I'm just craving a joint to be able to go over there and get a manicure for sure and- smoke a joint get my i you know always need a pedicure and i live in a small town where i i just don't ever go do it they even have a little small cafe there and they give you like free iced tea and water or lemonade like it was free iced tea which is my you know personal fave oh evan you guys got me for life you know so members awesome get get to uh, have some little extras so there is and they do massage there as well i believe so there are some people uh, trying to get into that space and the event space will follow, but these events were both produced by quote unquote, the industry, you know what I'm saying? Or dispensary yep. owners or people that are on that side or in that part of the business. Right. So that's, what's the most interesting to me is because on one side you have one event that maybe is more patient centric. A lot more people have to join in on it to make it happen. It is free for patients. And it was a little less organized. There was mm-hmm. more, you know, missed, I don't know, slip through the crack type of details, if you want to say, um, okay. things like that, which, you know, that's the thing. When event doesn't charge any money, I mean, the money right. comes from somewhere. So you get what you're happy for. to have an event that's supposedly about them, but at the same time, you know, they don't want to pay for it. And and so that's like the best they can expect is kind of like half ass almost. That's how it feels sometimes. Right. Uh, right. And then the, the event the next night was put on by, I'm not sure which dispensary. And I do personally want to do my research and find out who are the actual human beings behind these brands. Cause the human beings I know behind the brands from Friday event, uh, they're, they're decent human beings from what I know. Right. Uh, I don't know who was behind the uh, Saturday night event, but it was very clearly, (sighs) it was a wonderful event and I love supporting it because it was at a local hotel that (coughs) and I love supporting small business, locally owned, minority owned businesses uh, in our city. So that's why I went to the event and I invested my money and gave my money to the hotel through the hotel. And let's give Clarendon a shout out. They had um, again, that's the a, Hotel. I love them. I take meetings there. They have a great little restaurant. Great chef. It's a yummy cute food. boutique hotel. It's nothing fancy, but nothing, nice, yeah, nice. nothing fancy, but it's really just a great spot, you know? Yeah. Great pool. Oh, and they have jasmine blooming. So it's like a courtyard type oh. setup where all the rooms basically look out on the pool center, again, in the center of the of the facility or whatever. 
And there's jasmine growing along all of the walls, or at least one and a half of them. And it's all blooming right now. Girl, I was in heaven. Let me tell not you. that you don't like that jasmine. I don't like that. that jasmine at all. It's not even close to one of my favorite flowers. Of all time. <laughs> of all time. We won't yeah. go into that right now. Somebody will have to look right. longer to find out what that means. But uh, yeah, awesome hotel, awesome party. Because, you know, that's all it'll take to figure it out. And those guys, um, the Clarendon have been great um, supporters for cannabis events, yes. for consumption it's, events. So, yes. Yes. Uh, very grateful for their support. Absolutely. Yeah. And their staff were all great as well. I mean, it was like, it wasn't... They're so happy, I bet. I mean, not to have a bunch of drunks. No yeah, offense, drunks. Were, but... Oh, yeah, we are really pleasant people also. But, you know, it just, it didn't feel... It felt great. It was very free. Nice. That part was really nice. The downside was, it, again, it was very male-centric, dominated in terms of, like, the entertainment. Mm voices and just the whole setup for sure was that same mindset of like oh we're just here to party 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 and that's all it's about and you know that's yeah. cool but I definitely am prepared and ready for a next level type of experience that maybe could also be at the Clarendon Hotel who knows but maybe it's like mm. another level I don't know there you go yeah right. I feel that I don't know. It could happen. That could be real nice and pleasant. Poolside, but you could just smoke freely. Maybe some yeah. jazz or some something like that. You know. <laughs> yeah, sorry. it just no. It just doesn't always have to be with that old school stoner concept, hip hop or rock and roll. You know, and I boobs. Obviously, yeah, but like those, I don't really go to hip hop events anymore. And I don't mind boobs, but does it have to just be boobs? I, I don't mean, mind boobs either, exactly. No, no shade. I, I typically, when I want to go see boobs for whatever reason, or if I'm with people who want to, we just go to the strip club. It's all right. We're good. You right. know, it's yeah. not necessary at the party all the time, right? Always, Always. this very, you know, male centric point of view of like what is entertaining, so to speak. So right. I try to go out of my way at these conferences and conventions to be extra kind and warm and friendly to the girls that the dispensaries have stuck out half dressed because, you know, hey, you know, we've all had jobs and it's the brand in my mind, though, I take note that that's how they perceive the intelligence of their average consumer, right. whether or not I want to be associated with that brand. Right. Because if that's how they have pigeonholed their consumer, I'm obviously not their consumer. I'm not their consumer, yeah. I mean, and the truth is, I'm not their consumer. You know, the brand that put the yeah. party on, I've never bought one single product from them. And the truth is, I never will. Um, you know, I got a gift bag. It's yummy. We'll probably eat half of it or use half of it, so to speak, half of what yeah. we have, you know. Because uh, yeah. half the time, we throw edibles away, be you know, before we even get through them. Because so gross. Yeah, you know, they're just... Unedible. Ugh. Not yeah, they need to start calling them unedibles. Right. I've had a few. Right, like, you know, I, I don't know who took ugh. you guys to, like, baking school, but go back, right? Or whatever. Call Laura. <laughs> I won't say that this company was bad. They had one item that I was pretty edible that night, and I enjoyed it all night, you know what I'm saying? And I'm going to enjoy yep. the little bag of them they put in there. 
Uh, but there was four other things that I will never eat. So unless my husband, you know, suddenly starts liking edibles someday, they'll end up in the garbage in like a year when we've decided like, no, they're really too stale now to ever, ever, ever think about. <laughs> uh, we used to take the stale cookies and mash them up and put them in ice cream like a blizzard. That's the that's way you, that is the way to get rid of them. I'll do that for Cornell, but he doesn't like how edibles hit him. That's the problem. So, you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. So, so, so much, so much thinking going on because I did also hear people compare the two events as if one was more patient centric and one is all about, you know, and, and they use the term industry recreational use. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they use that term so disdainfully sometimes. I, I just, it's funny how it's always a us and them, me and they, and, you know, as if like we're not all talking about the same lovely plant, right? Yes, it heals. And yes, it's pleasant to enjoy, you know, after a long day's work. Like it's all those things. Right. Um, and one doesn't negate the other. One doesn't negate the other. And, you know, this is the United States, right? We are a capitalist country at the best. Uh, and conscious, I mean, at, at worst, I should say. And conscious capitalism does happen. One recommendation I heard today from someone that will remain unnamed, <laughs> mm. you know, a website where we somehow list or recommend or maybe some way of reviewing or a review system whereby we say like, oh, these dispensaries or these companies are quote unquote good ones or right. they're Because, you know, if you actually do a search of the term, term conscious capitalism, that is a real term being used in. Oh, Absolutely business right now and there's several companies yeah. that are identified as conscious capitalist companies um you know we could do something like that where we set up some kind of system and identify companies that are operating on some kind of higher level or higher standard standard of consciousness for the overall community that's possible who wants to do it where's the money for it because somebody wants to get paid for everything they do nobody can live for free like right. we have to pay money to eat we have to pay money to the power company so we can live for our kids to go to school, blah, 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 blah. We have expenses, right? So everybody's efforts, as much as everybody wants to talk about like, oh, I do everything for free when it comes to cannabis. It's like, but you got to live your life and you got to pay your bills. So Online, yeah. doing everything for free, like I would call myself a capitalist on some levels. I would definitely call myself a conscious capitalist, though, because I believe that not all of us are designed the same ways to make money in the same ways or in the same levels, right? And those of us who have that as our strength or as our skill, I believe should help do that for the community as well, right? To get that wealth to the people who can't do that for themselves, because there's lots of people who can't do that so that for themselves right. just because... There's a million reasons why they might not be able to. Just like there's a million reasons why I can't cook. You know what I'm saying? I'm because I'm not a chef. Let's just start with that, right? Like, because I don't I'd start with your patience. There's so many reasons <laughs> I'm not a good chef, right? Same as there might be so many reasons why I'm not a great financier, you know, or a great um, capitalist. I'm not that great of a capitalist, you know, but I understand the process or the idea behind like supply and demand. People need things. Uh, somebody has to supply it. There's work associated with supplying and that needs to be paid for. And the person that initiates that might want to get a little bit extra, but the good ones, I mean, shoot, Bill Gates went and got a bunch yeah. of rich friends to give away 80% of their wealth. 
but right. just done. Just 80% of my billions gone to others. It's possible. It's doable. But not all of them are going to do it. And I think in the industry, what's, what's hard, I think the people that have, for, you know, for so many years worked in the shadows to get us to where we are today yeah. are definitely very... Um, left out and and now i'm not i'm not pointing blame or no for sure they're, they're unappreciated they've been working unappreciated right for years. they had to work for free forever and right been put in jail and they've been criminalized and they've been right lost jobs society. Or kids or, they've sacrificed yeah. their whole lives for this and right. now we're here and other people are cashing in on their hard work, so to speak. And I get people that. that aren't even about the plant Ex that aren't about the plant. And it, that's the thing. That's why it's so hard. Right. That's that's why. And that's where it comes up. Yeah, yeah. I think. Yeah, I think it's sometimes not. It's poorly communicated by people who are frustrated, not to not by intentionally us in humanity. Right. We're not great communicators half the time, especially not if we're passionate. <laughs> exactly that's what i was gonna say like especially you know like people i got burned and i want to just fucking scream because it hurt i got burned and it hurt and oh man i want you know for I, I see a lot of that and then i think once people get past the you hurt me they start understanding that even though that particular person is an asshole, the industry isn't an asshole. And it's just, you got to find your way to align yourself with the right people. Yeah. And, and follow, like, learn how to really, uh, to me, it's also about a learning how to tap into your own voice and value it properly. Right. Mm -hmm. I value it even above most all other voices on the planet. And when you value it properly, exactly. it's less hard for you also to find where you should be charging money for what you're doing now. You know, if there if there's a way, like there's a way, there's a way you should be getting money. You 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 what you have is valuable, and you have been undervalued, but you should be valued, and you should be valued monetarily. Right. People should pay you right. for you know your expertise, your knowledge, whatever, what have you, right? Your These people that have been marginalized. Yeah, for sure, yeah. right? Like, I am about empowering those people and finding ways to get them their payoff, so to speak, because, yes, society and a lot of people have discarded. And that's yeah. fucked up. And we might have to beat right. that out. But and that's is. worth their frustration. Yeah. yeah. Um, that being said, there's a middle ground. There is a middle ground, like you and I have figured out. There's a middle ground between, uh, you know, following super tight, really good regulations that have been well thought out and well written, and being able to be creative and innovative. There's a, you know, there's 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 place for everybody. Mm -hmm. There's a place for everybody to get involved and get, uh, you know, what they want out of life from life i guess but and it doesn't just happen to you. as well yeah and it doesn't just happen to you you have to think about mm -hmm. it watch sometimes retreat and watch and then rejoin and it really even you know. segues so well into our next topic which we're going to take a quick uh a quick little commercial break right now our next topic is about Sounds spirituality good. And cannabis, 
And it does tie in so much to spirituality because like I said, it's about tapping into that inner voice, which to me is the definition of spirituality. spirituality. Right? Cool. So let's catch it on the catch other side. Catch it on the other side. All right. Ta-da! Ta-da, Beck. So spirituality and cannabis. Huh? Is that an oxymoron? Yeah. Or is it literally like... Or synonymous. Synonymous, right? Exactly. They literally just go hand in hand synergistically. Correct. I feel, too, that... um... One was probably used to achieve the other before prohibition, much more often. Or I sure. bet you it was part of. I mean, they're talked about. There's been talking about it being part of the anointing, healing oils in the Bible that Jesus yeah. used was cannabis oils. So, right. I mean, it goes back farther in Chinese lore, um, but I'm terrible with that off the top of my head without it googled in front of me so i won't even attempt to date it right now but thousands and thousands of years of history i bet was used much more as a spiritual practice than currently absolutely i mean honestly i would say (coughs) it's what it is for me um i find that like without cannabis i struggle a lot with anxiety right and depression Sure. Um, which, you know, uh, if we want to get super spiritual on it, you know, I do believe that those uh, can be chemical imbalances or what have you. Like, I believe in the science behind mental health. Right. That being said, I also feel like for me personally, disconnection from spirit definitely can um, exacerbate those issues, Right for me right and there can be two different types there can be a more of a spiritual disconnect and a chemical imbalance being two absolutely totally right. i believe separate that things. absolutely and, can be and we should mention I have my background of like 30 years working with dual diagnosed developmentally disabled adults and seriously mentally ill um, exactly. and then and also I, my background with that too right you've also, also had a background working in that and it was the family business, so to speak, my entire life. <laughs> so, yeah, not to mention our families with their mental health issues. We won't, you know, not immediate family. We're just making a generalization. Right. And uncles. Speak. Everybody's families. Yeah. So, but we speak of with a little bit of background. I've had, you know, so many years of doing behavioral um, modification work with adults probably hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and following psychiatric care, medication monitoring. So we don't take that lightly in our statements about mental health in any way, shape or form, but spirituality and being detached. I find for me that cannabis brings me, keeps me in a current moment. I tend to maybe not be, um, I have more of an artist side than I have a logical side. I'm definitely more whichever. I'm too dyslexic to remember which side of the brain. That <laughs> right. means being an artist, that stuff doesn't stick. But I think it might be left brained is the artist. I think. I can't remember, but I'm more right of that. Brain. Yeah. I'm definitely more of a thinker like that. But I find that cannabis 
helps to keep me more in the present moment, which for me is also a world, you know, spiritual practice is staying in the moment, staying in the present moment, trying not to live in the past or the future and focus on what you're doing and who you're with than what you're doing in the moment. Absolutely. So I find that to be, for me, more of a spiritual type um, practice and a mental health issue as well, because I couldn't, I, you know, without the ability to have cannabis, I do have a hard time getting shit done. I just, <laughs> just wander around or so. Yeah. That, I mean, there's I- that too. So did I. Um, obviously, I quit during my pregnancy just because I didn't want to take any risk of any sort. Right. And we can't have any proper research. Right. I figured I would just, you know, do without. However, I also was not a mother with, uh, I forget what it's called, but that severe form of nausea, which some moms have. And I can honestly say... If I was a mom in that situation, I would really consider using every avenue I could to do use whatever medicine I thought would be safest for I've, my baby. I've counseled them. They've called me. You know, I've had probably in my, what, eight years of con- consulting people, I've probably had about 10 mothers with, and I, I also, I can't, I, it's, I know the word, it's right on the tip of my tongue, but I can't think of it off the top of my head. Um, but call me for advice on that. And yeah, it's not worth the risk of, especially with child protection without the legalization at this point. I couldn't in my right. Although I do not feel that there's a risk to the child or the mother. And I believe I've read enough. Um, yeah. I wouldn't trust the protective services. I wouldn't protect. Exactly. I don't trust the government period. Right. So when it comes down to it now, I've heard some different people say different things and there's different governmental laws in different states and countries and et cetera. So, you know, it is what it is. Um, So I'm not talking about that, but I did quit during my pregnancy. So that being said, you know, I can tell you that, um, yeah, I am. Yeah, I like myself with cannabis more than without cannabis because I really do struggle with that anxiety without right. it. It just it's you know, it just everything very hard to turn your brain off and sleep, so to speak. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, right. And they wanted to, you know, they wanted to give me um whichever oh, isn't there one that starts with a a Z or a Xanax? I mean, maybe it was that, but... Ativan. No, I think it was Xanax. It was. No, I think it was Xanax. That's a common one. Gave me headaches. Yeah, you know what? I actually did not even go on it for longer than two weeks. Just because, personally, I was like, yeah. You know, I mean, they wanted to medicate me for it, is basically my point, right? When I went back during a time. That wasn't during my pregnancy. That was previously. I had gone about four years where I was completely cannabis free for a period of time for the specific reason of getting more in touch with my spirituality. Four years. Why you quit pot? Yeah. Yep. That was yeah. that was the number one reason why I quit pot because I really believe because you know the difference between you and me, I had a very religious upbringing, right? Which is why we decided to talk about this because exactly. you have a good insight into 
being brought up in a more conservative religious background. Right, right. So I, however, went to Montessori and Catholic school back and forth and was told to learn it, pass the test, and forget it all. It's why okay. all wars are started. And I saw, yeah, total different background. Totally. With totally my religion. Literal opposite. Literal opposite. And um, so in my world, it was very much seen as like, oh, a very horrible thing and like never do dope. And if you do, you know, like it's just really horrible, basically. It's just the worst thing ever. And it's definitely a gateway drug. All the rhetoric that is there out there. We that lost is... We lost your oh. microphone for a minute. So you might oh, want okay, to well. just start okay. over. So all I just said was that all the rhetoric about cannabis that we all hear, all the uh, reefer madness, so to speak, is yeah. definitely everything that was pumped into me my whole life, right? And what, is, what and, was God's and, opinion? I mean, you know, it was a mind-altering thing, and so therefore it was a problem, period. So was alcohol in my upbringing. Right, okay. I mean, in my early years, so were, like, uh, drums and instruments that played too loud. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. Follow that logic. <laughs> yeah. You know, Grant, we didn't have to wear dresses every day, although we did have to wear dresses to school every day. Um, but it wasn't like the religion where, you know, girls are expected to actually have to wear dresses all the time. Yeah, um, I went to Catholic school and I had to wear a skirt every day. I yeah, wasn't yeah, to wear yeah, pants. You know, you know that was like... just society, right? Yeah. Yeah. We could wear it pants, I think, in high school. I was finally allowed to wear pants. Yeah, I mean, I think eventually I I went to my private school from kindergarten through 12th grade that was at my church at the same building. Right. So from like the age of, you know, born until I graduated at 16, I graduated young as all get out, right? Sure. I was in the same building six days a week for 10 plus hours, eight to 10 plus hours or more. Right. You know for my entire first 16 years of my life it's a lot when i think back on it i was like wow that's, right that's crazy town. you didn't know any different then <laughs> i didn't know any different at the time but yeah the point is those messages were very ingrained okay right. the right. little messaging right. that was held in that kind of an environment became very ingrained it was very much like this is what it is and that's just what it is now my dad was and i was the type of person that always wanted to question everything well but why but why well that doesn't make sense so show me why you know i want to know why so that's why at 16 i was like yeah i'm graduated i'm out this joint see ya peace out boom i'm i'm gone right uh, and, um, my mom and dad changed their parenting style slightly afterwards because they realized like oh wow that might be our fault. Uh, and <laughs> I love that we're very close now, but there right, was a, right. change, a turning point for them that at that point, I would say uh, some of my brothers and sisters had a slightly different experience. But um, yeah, I didn't even try marijuana for the first time until after I had a traumatic experience in life. I avoided it all through college. You know, I graduated early. Went to college, had a bunch of life experience, da 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 da, but didn't go to call, don't, didn't go to church during that time. I kind of left church, left spirituality. I was just out there, you know, doing my thing, but I still fancied myself a good girl, so to speak, you know. And I kind of, I kind of was, so to speak. Uh, I just was out there living my life. Um, then 
there was a point when I had a traumatic incident and I came back to college for my last year of, of college. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Excuse my language, but yeah, let me try that. Let me, let me hit that. I had always been the girl previously that was like, you guys better not smoke in my house. And if I come home and it smells like weed, I'm going to be so mad, you know, whatever. I was like super hype on it. Right. Right. (laughs) So then I come back after a summer all of a sudden and I'm like, yeah, pass me the joint, you know, and they're like, what? Okay, cool. Uh, So that last year, you know, just like, nice. Okay. Everything went by. But the truth is at the point I was self-medicating. Right. And that incident did also contribute to my future, you know, anxiety and depression, et cetera. Um, So it was a trauma based, uh, just trauma based type of stuff. At the time I was self-medicating, not dealing with the trauma, unfortunately. So that was the, the, that was the negative side effect of cannabis in my life. It sure. allowed me to self-medicate successfully enough to be very successful in life, right? And I went on and I was a very light, light cannabis user, you know what I mean? And when I went home at night, you know, I'd have some whatever, but... Um, and you could have avoided with any substance as well. I mean, just oh, as easily. Yeah, easily could have avoided with any substance. But the truth is I was operating without... Um, the anxiety right and i was moving on in my career and having success moving forward i mean i was a boss you know i was kicking ass taking yeah. names up house right like yeah. i was surpassing all my peers uh, it was things were good uh, and then i got a job actually the job also played a part in the quitting somewhat oh, okay the four-year quit no, it really didn't it really didn't honestly uh, I had to quit for periods of time throughout there for jobs, short-term periods sure. throughout just the next the like 10 years or so. <laughs> and I still was not like really in touch with my spirituality. Um, and then that's when I came to that point. That's exactly where it was the job. I had the job. I was smoking weed, but wasn't supposed to be right. I was working for the government. Like anytime they could just test me, yeah. I could lose a great job. I have great benefits. You know, I'm getting great pay. I've moved up really well in my in my chosen career field, I'm like writing laws. I'm doing stuff that matters, right? And at this time, there's still a whole lot of shame associated with with it. And I live in the neighborhood where I work, so I'm always kind of a little bit paranoid about like, ooh, I don't. If I run to Walmart at night or you know something, yeah, been to somebody. Um, and I just always kind of had this in the back of my head. So I ended up having this big confession session uh, with this therapist that I knew, <clears throat> and that prompted me to actually go get therapy (laughs) for the trauma I had suffered however many years before. Right. Right. What I thought I had gone in to confess was like, Oh my goodness, I smoke weed. I'm a bad person. Uh, What actually happened was I smoke weed. I'm a bad person. Oh, blah, blah, blah. This trauma occurred. That's when I started. She was like, Oh, get healing for that. I'm like, Oh, awesome. So I was like, okay, I need to get healing for that. Went to therapy, started doing therapy. They wanted to put me on Xanax right away. (laughs) And I'm like, uh, yeah, I don't feel like swapping the cannabis that I really enjoy for Xanax right. is really like what I want to do. Like, yeah, no, I don't, I don't like that plan. Like, cause with cannabis, uh, and talk therapy, you know what right. I'm saying? That's how I want to really handle this. Not with, with cannabis and Xanax. That was just for me, you know, because I'd already been successful at it for a long time. Um, and so do the therapy with my treatment. Yeah. 
so that's what I thought. But what I, uh, but what I did instead was I decided to go ahead and try spirituality instead. I was like, okay, well, if I, it was cannabis, it better be God. I'll let God be the solution because this had been what I was raised to believe. Right. That's why I did the four year stint cannabis free. I did a lot of other stuff free during that four years as well. Made a lot of big changes, did a lot of stuff, went to church and really spent time getting to know me. And then it was during that time that I discovered, realized that I had been using cannabis to, to maintain Cause I, I, boom, I had the anxiety was back. I should have probably tried taking the Xanax, but I just didn't want to swip swap one medicine for another because they said it was what I needed culturally you know? acceptable yeah exactly like I, i'm not trying to hear that no <laughs> you know what i'm saying right. yeah, just, sure. that's your solution i need to figure out if the solution i believe could work will work right so i fully committed to my spirituality or my christianity being the solution to uh my depression and anxiety and uh you know i went all in on that <sighs> and with the not allowed to have cannabis part of it as well with the not a, with the cannabis is a bad thing part of it that yeah. was what i had to accept in that lifestyle i had to accept that that part of me that wanted that needed that whatever desired it whatever was a bad part of me right <laughs> i'm like okay right. Well, all right but i really like her like because she's Real chill. She's not all flipping out about this stuff that I'm currently flipping out about. Um, and she's just really like nice and friendly and she gets to know people easily and well. And like she can handle like these situations where she has to be around a bunch of people all the time really well. You know, like <laughs> this I'm is seen it in my own family. I mean, I won't call any family members out because I have so many of them that nobody's going to pinpoint. Yeah. But I've, you know, seen those same things with family members who had social issues or anxieties or awkwardness. Yeah, or, and I'm like, man, like, or depression in a mild form that maybe didn't need chemical imbalance treatment, but maybe needed a better outlook and a little hope. Right. You know, a little That's bit the of the spirit, so to speak. There's some interesting studies out there about how the, uh, form of love that we might call community is a very powerful anecdote to, um, you know, a lot of things anyway. Right. Right. Um, but that's not the topic. The point is spirituality. So yeah, it took me four years though, to really get back around within my own self to the place where I was like, okay, you know what? I actually feel okay about cannabis. I don't feel okay about X, Y, Z, about my actual spiritual practice or religion that I kind of was assigned at birth. What was the catalyst, though, for that? Was it was it slow? You know, like they say, like things change slowly or was there uh, something that triggered that? I mean, change. I think there was a a trigger for me. There was a trigger. Yes. Uh, You don't have to share it if you don't want to, I was just more of a, it was a trigger for me, but not an event that was a trigger. It was just along the path at some point. And I'll share, I'll share it. Sure. Oh yeah. Go ahead. My background is Christian. You know, my manuscript, so to speak is the Bible or was the Bible primarily. 
So I just at one point had decided to, you know, I just really couldn't figure out like what I was missing still. I'm four years in on this and I was not, I had not hit the nail on the head, right? Uh, on achieving this life that supposed spirituality, that Christianity was supposed to be able to give me. You know, I was giving everything I was supposed to give and I was not receiving the things that I was thinking like, like at some point, like some stuff is supposed to start coming back a little bit, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it sounds selfish in a way now, but I wasn't no. satisfied was or happy in my life. I was feeling drained, empty, used, you know, disregarded, unappreciated. That's how I felt in life, right. and I was like, "Huh, that is interesting." Fruit of this particular spirit right because that's what they talk about in the bible is the fruits of the spirit and what they should be and i was like but i don't feel those things so um i did a study into what's called the love chapter first corinthians uh, 13 4 through 8 and a lot of people quote that chapter everywhere right it's love is patient love is kind oh, yeah okay both right you've heard this chapter <laughs> yeah it's cool. may or may not what know what all the words actually are most of us don't well, we know those first three words enough to be like, oh, yeah, that one. Love is patient. Love is kind. Yeah. yeah blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Uh, and that's how we kind of read that, right? <laughs> Others uh, more so than me, but yes. Yeah. Uh, so, I, I, I don't quote scripture often. Ex- at all, right? You're not even there Ever. at all. Like, uh, no. Nothing. No. Um, so the last little statement of that particular passage, though, is love never fails. All right. That's the last statement. Love never fails. And I'm like, and I know that's always been important to you. I've heard you yes. say that for 10 years. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. That is a strong statement. Love never fails. I was like, well, is that really what the original, you know, well, I don't even know what, what is this text written in? I wanted to know what the original paragraph right. said there and in what language and how was it translated directly from that original language that it was found in? You know, I wanted to know these details about this particular passage because it stopped with, it never fails. So I'm like, well, I'm failing at something. And so I need to figure out why. And that was my catalyst uh, that switched everything, honestly. And uh, also I heard this interesting thing, which is funny because a Netflix special just came out about this guy called Come Sunday. Uh I saw this guy, Carlton Pearson. He was like a bishop and he was a real big name uh, early in the 90s and whatever. When I was growing up, you know, he was a known name out there. And all of a sudden, he announced to the world as this big Christian bishop that he I've didn't know that hell actually existed. Yeah. And they were mad. And- Oh, I mean, you know, he could have had 12 mistresses and beat all 12 of them to death and they would have forgave him faster for this. I'm telling you. I I agree. I think he's even said something along those lines, too. Like, absolutely. I mean, because that's just how it was. I mean, they were like, oh, no, you know, send him. But he then started another church, correct? No, he did not start a new church per se, although he has a term now for what he's, you know preaching he is true true uh and that's cool and i actually find myself quite in agreement with what he's currently preaching now that i looked it up i'm like yeah that sounds right because the funny thing is i heard him speak about it way back then um probably even before i did my own study on the love stuff but very close to that same time 
And, and it really resonated. Everything he said to me was like, yes, exact. that makes sense, right? Because I've been in this church, like I just told you. The yeah, first yeah. years, it was six days a week, period, at least eight to 10 hours a day, you know. Uh, well, this is a girl who was not, not religious, not from a religious home, who went back and forth, like I said, from Catholic school to Montessori school to Catholic school to Montessori to Catholic school. <laughs> and in Catholic school, I was the only girl in eighth grade who passed on the whole confirmation thing. And they were quite baffled because they didn't know what to do. Nobody had ever passed <laughs> on confirmation before. And then I had think I explained to them that I didn't think it was cool that my mom couldn't have communion because she took birth control and they didn't want to have a discussion with me about that. Right. So I've yeah, I get the, the definite the questioning of the <laughs> yeah thought processes and then finding someone who explains it better going well that at least makes sense i mean yeah yeah yeah. so i'm loving uh, what he's talking about now but that was my catalyst there so that's really my platform now too is i really just dove deep into that particular uh passage again just because of my background and um right you know now happily embracing cannabis spirituality god i've seen some interesting things out there with regard to embracing cannabis and spirituality now uh along the lines well i told you about that i had that are not not um rastafarian i had read about a man who chose to only consume cannabis to enlighten his spiritual practices on Sunday. So he had a ritual where he would smoke cannabis on his way to, or prior to going to Sunday services at church. So yeah. At this point, definitely would do that for sure. I mean. And he said it helped him connect in his prayer and helped him focus. And like I was saying, keeps me in the present moment. Um, connected to here and now, not off somewhere worrying or fretting about what's coming or going. Yeah, I find myself in a, a interesting position of balancing, you know, my family relationships. You know, my mom and dad are both Christians, and neither of them um, approve of cannabis officially. Although I don't believe they have strong feelings against it either, per se. However. Kind of one of those things that they just rather not have to talk about too much (laughs) because then it might force them to make a statement of opinion that might be contrary to their official belief system. Oh, Oh, well, I'm here. There we go. I didn't hear anything you just said. There was silence. Oh, interesting. I heard you. Um, Well, what I said was. I said green closet. Yeah, yeah. My parents, you know, <clears throat> I don't really talk about it around them. And I don't deny it. But outside of that relationship, I really am wide open book with it in terms of, you know, I'm not just going to whip out a joint in front of every old buddy. Right, right. Uh, because it might make some people uncomfortable. And with a lot and of I people, I find someone in the group ends up 
and I'm also very outspoken and all over the place. Um, in social situations where I have, I don't have a pot leaf necklace on. I don't have a pot shirt. You know, I'm just in a in a normal social situation. But someone else, when topic of conversation seems to slow, somebody else will throw out, oh, Laura used to be an edible chef or Laura worked in the marijuana industry and throws kind of the topic out there, which, of course, I don't mind. But it happens to me a lot, too, now. <laughs> yeah, it's just more of a conversation starter. But it does give you an in with people that may nor- not normally feel comfortable talking about it. So it helps open doors. Absolutely. And conversations with people I wouldn't otherwise. And I find it especially for me opens up conversations with people who are otherwise conflicted. Well, that's why I think, yeah, you do. Point of view, right? And I get it. I really, you know, understand that there's a lot of Christians who have a certain viewpoint of me because they know this about me now. Mm. I get that. And I have only compassion for them, right? I don't feel hurt by their judgment. I don't feel ashamed because of their judgment. I don't feel like, you know, I need to change anything about myself because of their judgment. I just feel compassion that they would allow themselves, you know, time spent worrying about me (laughs) when they could be worried about themselves. Uh, That probably sounds like an asshole thing to say, but I'm just saying, you know, like, yeah, that tends to be the norm. Yeah. Like I'm good. So, you know, it's okay that you feel that way, but you shouldn't, it'd be awesome if you came over and smoked a J because you probably really enjoy it. And you would realize that, you know, it's acted up to be. (laughs) <laughs> I think think that being someone that has been on both sides of that coin would be a good resource <clears throat> for explaining why there's not really a, a logical reason that would forbid it as a religious practice. It's just, and, and I, I think a lot of times too, people misinterpret, I don't know. I feel maybe it's just my interpretation, but I, I sometimes feel that certain people feel that if religion isn't punishing, it's not religion or they're not doing it right. Like if there's not suffering involved. So somehow that the, the feel good part, I've had more conversations and I'm just still baffled by it, but people seem to have a diversion, aversion, aversion, sorry. um, An aversion to feeling good. Like, that's the bad part. Like, somehow, feeling good, and maybe we could talk more about that as our next topic. But I think that aligns with the spiritual concept, too, because sometimes I don't think everybody thinks spirituality is a feel-good thing, with the hell and the brimstone and the punishment and the sin, and not everyone practices spirituality as a as a feel-good option. Absolutely. Most people don't. Right. Right. And I that's more my point. Yeah. So, I mean, if cannabis makes... I mean, to me, it's funny because at this point, I actually have uh, embraced that. And, and it's funny because I'm also very much a realist and I'm also very logical, right? Mm-hmm. So it seems like a contradiction, but in fact, it's the most unified 
I have ever been within myself, so to speak, right? I am more comfortable and confident with and secure in my relationship with God as I define God to be. Right. Um, Family. In my relationship with myself, in what I do and do not do that is or is not acceptable under whatever social standards it might be. I mean, I always still encounter in myself right but at the same time like man i don't there's a downside on planet earth yes there's a downside to human behavior yes but there is not really a downside to my spirituality anymore you know what i'm saying like there's no need for me to go to the altar every week anymore it's just like a constant love fest right (laughs) right right i I think that's i don't see any way to fight figure like feel wrong about that like no man I just don't feel wrong about that at all and that's okay yeah and I think that's where the cannabis and people not thinking that it's an allowed um thing because they're spiritual people and I've you know I live in a town full of people who both fake and real spiritual gurus um and they all have their opinion on clouding the mind and what it does or doesn't do but I don't find that people that have used the plant as part of their spiritual practice have the same opinions. The, Absolutely. It's the negative it's opinion from the non-users. Or, or yeah. It, it's, it's really funny because, um, damn it, you see, there you go. There's my short-term memory loss happening <laughs> right now. There's another downside effect, negative side effect, but one I can so easily handle. Um, you were talking about, oh, that's what's so funny is that in reality, to me, the viewpoints about cannabis are misconstrued as spiritual or moral or ethical op- opposition to it, you know, like, right, I have some kind of moral op- opposition to it, what have you, right, when in reality, it's actually just racism in America. It literally, literally, literally is just an outcome of an actually specific implementation of racist practices and policies in order to achieve a racist outcome. And these people have bought into it as religion. I mean, it was preached from pulpits to the point that they literally believe it to be like the word of God as, as relates to cannabis, when in actuality, of course, there's nothing negative about it in the book and even possibly there's some positives in there and they might be talking about it like you mentioned before. Um, as, as the healing oils. Oil. Which is why it, it supersedes the spiritual conversations or not supersedes, but it, uh, it it's outside of that conversation, right? Because as you just mentioned, these people in Sedona, right? There's so many people there that are these uber, uber spiritual people. And mm. a lot of them probably... Uh, don't have any kind of issue with cannabis and most of those who don't likely use it on some occasions if right. not regularly right, right. Uh, and those who do are generally white huh mm. well <laughs> did i say that quiet enough for nobody to hear i don't know it's pretty much all of sedona, so. sedona is white anyway so it doesn't matter but this is just the point that that's like the overriding uh, similarity between it is the the origination of this correct yeah totally where it came from the historical context of this is completely yeah, yeah completely racist based completely yeah. 
which exactly is the antithesis of spirituality. And for God's sake, you know, it's like, um, I think people who know me, who, who've known me for years would not think of me. I'm not a person. I'm not a yoga gal. (laughs) I have tried meditation. I do not stay awake very well. Um, it doesn't mean I don't still try to do stuff, but I am not an unspiritual person. I have studied all the religions. I am very interested in the study of, of whatever anyone calls spirit. And I, right. I don't in any, and I believe that people that know me would think of me that way. However, yeah. I also don't necessarily tie personally cannabis into any quote unquote spiritual practice because I'm, I'm kind of, I think Catholic school might've soured me on, on practice and ritual maybe a little and i went back when when nuns hit you so and then my mother yourself as anything absolutely not no i think that's the biggest problem and myself personally is all the people's names everybody's message is the exact same thing i was like you don't have any problems what are you talking about you're perfect (laughs) yeah 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 no i meant my my inability to identify is that I believe that everyone's pretty much arguing over the exact same points if they would actually read their handbook. Right, exactly. <laughs> if they'd get out their own handbook and really actually just read it themselves and all of somebody else tell them what it meant, then they'd probably right. see that everybody's handbook pretty much is saying the exact same thing. They all say the same thing. They all say kill the enemies. They all say love your neighbors. They all say, you know, there's some kind of redemption forgiveness whatever i mean literally they all I'll say tell you, in latin class as again i'm an old school catholic i also went to catholic school on the east coast in new york so it's definitely old school right I latin and in latin they should have never taught me that sin meant an act against oneself so suicide being a mortal sin is to me pretty fucking obvious because you end your mortality so it's a mortal sin okay it it was all very clear so they're explaining this to me so i'm looking at the priest and they're you know they're talking about sin and i'm like but it's all based on acting against oneself so basically what they're saying is that you're really only hurting yourself he's not saying that there's a consequence and this is how i rationalized as a young person and kept no, fine with my current beliefs too exactly and so i well it did not go over well with father horman (laughs) or monsignor whatever his name was heretical type of thinking here missy exactly however this way yeah (laughs) and who's telling you these sorts of things there's not a consequence for you not doing what we tell you to do and I just, yeah, and, and just lodge aside all the way through. But I do right. feel, again, it goes back to the ability of the plant to keep me, again, interested and intrigued and creative in all, to me, spiritual practices. Right. So it's all yeah. by definition. I just hope people out there listening or just listen to us shoot the shit understand our point is not to negate negate their faith 
but that this does not have to also be counterintuitive to having a strong spiritual practice. Absolutely. It can Absolutely. enhance rather than. Absolutely. But they got to get yeah. out their own way. It really shouldn't. Like, it really shouldn't. There's so many people I know who even are going to church, whatever that might be for them, temple, you know, for synagogue, sure. whatever it might be. And also are consuming cannabis in whatever way. And there's so many of people who do it. Like, I'm okay if you want to do it in secret. Okay, I get it. You've got a job. You don't want to lose your job. You don't want to, you know, whatever, whatever. But to do it in shame, oh, it just breaks my heart. Right. right? To see it happening with people, right? Like, because the when thing the is. the guy in the cubicle next to you has a handover. Yeah, if you are doing it, even with the number of risks and the other associated, uh, things then i'm pretty sure it's helping you out um because i'm familiar with it and i know the power of it mm -hmm. <laughs> and i'm just like oh man i wish you were not having to um feel shame around that as related to your spirituality for sure that's the biggest biggest message i would send with regard to spirituality and cannabis is there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in christ jesus Okay, Amen. <laughs> I okay. can't imagine. I we can't imagine any God not wanting you to feel good. Also, I mean, I'm not saying Lena. You know, like, yeah, I mean, I can't either. But that's kind of point. you know, they they can't imagine that God. Right. A lot of them. right. Right. We can easily imagine that God because that God has been beat into our heads that like. Oh, he's a vengeful God and he'll smite you if you don't, you know, in whatever terminology, but that's definitely the underlying language or that's the underlying message, I should say, mm -hmm. is that ultimately if you don't please him, you know, you're just, everything's going, you're going to hell. I mean, right. you're going to hell. So, you know what I'm saying? It's like, ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of a strong message. Yeah, uh, yeah. Anyway. Well, I hope that helps someone out there. And they can always, of course, email us and uh, share yeah. their stories. We'd love to talk about it again. So for now, um, our website is still right now potofwellness.com. If you were to look up mamasbaked.com, you would still find Laura, but you would find her cookies, her actual cookies. Yeah, so. I should put a link then you should, you know, swoop by the restaurant in Sedona and pick some up because they're amazing. I'm working on um, some new recipes. In, my, in the meantime, our website is actually potofwellness.com because we believe in the uh, wellness aspects of this lovely plant, not to mention with um, Laura being a chef. Uh, so many extra layers of meaning to it, right? Right. So, I'll make you so a pot of wellness. We're so dang clever. Uh, that's because of the cannabis. <laughs> yeah, makes us clever too. <laughs> probably heal us from everything. Uh, no, I'm not saying that. Right? I'm not saying that. Yeah, don't. Was that guy, the apricot uh, seed guy, got in trouble for saying that shit? Careful. Who? Some guy said apricot seeds cured something, and it's some crazy meme. It's probably bullshit. Oh yeah, probably. You know. But I mean, people are out there. I mean, the type of articles that are out there about the stuff it can do, you know, like like check your sources, people. If the yeah. website is like 
CBS News Now in KXLY TV land. And maybe not as it's might it might not be a credible news source. You know what I'm saying? Right. And don't quote me on the years of Chinese cannabis use. <laughs> not a reliable source. <laughs> not. Period. Not. Period. No. <laughs> Your opinion, lifestyle, information. We no. know how to point you in the right direction of credible resources. We are not a medical are- information site. No. Anyway. All right, dear. All right. It's been lovely. We'll see y'all next week. Actually, we'll just talk to you. Yeah. What are we going to talk about next week? Ooh. We said it. We're going to talk about... Let's talk about what's an Ask Mama question that you get a lot. We've already covered some of the basics. I get a lot of conversations about edibles because of my background okay edibles also you know what else parenting oh this is something that comes up a lot with women in my age group and or you know slightly younger age group you've already been there done that so maybe you can give us a little bit of that the questions from breastfeeding to like we mentioned earlier you know consuming during pregnancy or you know laws around it around parenting and how to you know yeah, it's scary. You know, cannabis and parenting. Yeah, we can do that. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. All right. See y'all Talk. next time. Bye. Bye. Join us every Thursday as we break down what's happening now and how you can infuse cannabis into your life too. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes, share with your friends, and get our free tincture making course at potofwellness.com.